listening to audio from Oasis Church in Winter Haven, Florida. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit our website at www.oasischurchwh.org. And thanks so much for listening. We're going to jump right into Luke 12, uh, and, and we're going to just kind of go section by section, and, and we'll make this work. So, so it starts off, while he was at one of the cities, there came a man full of leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell to his face, and he begged him, Lord, if you will, make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand, and he touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. And he charged him to go tell no one, but go show yourself to the priest and make offerings for your cleansing, as Moses commanded him. So let's, let's just let's jump right in here. And, and so a couple, another gospel records this same instance, but Luke goes into a, almost like a harsh explanation. He calls him a man full of leprosy. Now, he doesn't just call him a leper. He says, oh, no, this guy is, he's full of it. I mean, he is full on, you know, there is no disguising what he has. Um, leprosy in, in, in biblical times, it's, it's one of those, it's, it's a catch-all. It, it's basically skin disease. Um, it, it's not, I mean, it could be as simple as a rash that just would not go away. Uh, you had certain tests you had to do, and, and once, once they deemed you unclean, you were gone. Uh, they, they kicked you off to the out to the outskirts, and you were, you were unclean. Um, this is a, again, think of, think of the skin diseases that we have today that, you know, you just kind of stuck with or you take medication with. Like eczema, for example. That's a, that's a skin disease. It's going to show, and it's not going to go away from bathing, with bathing. So that would be uh, leprosy in its true form is, is a nerve disease, that um, kind of resembles, if we look at it today, leprosy is extremely rare today. I got a trivia for you, all right? So if you're ever at a trivia night or, or if this ever pops up on Jeopardy, all right, here, here you go. Armadillos have a form of leprosy. Um, so there's your trivia, all right? So you, so you heard it here first. If, if you're, you know, you're the hero of the trivia night, it's, it came from right here, all right? Armadillos carry, it's called uh, Hansen's disease, but that's, that's a form of leprosy. Uh, but so leprosy, if you think of, if you think of extreme diabetes, you, you lose, you know, you get sores that don't go away, that don't heal, that that would be considered leprosy back in the day because they couldn't explain it. So, so you've got a, a wide range but Luke goes, no, 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 this guy's got it. All right, this isn't an eczema. This isn't a, 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 a simple form. This dude is full of it. He, he is full-blown. He's got leprosy. So, so he comes to, to Jesus. So, so right off the bat, we see the need. Okay, there's a need. A man full of leprosy comes to Jesus. And, and he, he is obviously, if, so you get kicked out. We don't know. But if you are married, you've got kids, and you get leprosy, you're gone. They stay behind, but you're gone. All right, so, you, so you're outcast. All right, so you, you, you can imagine, you know, 
at the very least, he's got parents, you know, but all of a sudden he's, he's outcast. So he comes, he's got a need. He, he wants to be cleansed. He wants to, he wants to not be the outcast anymore. So, so there's a need. And then we see, right off the bat, we see, I, I like how he does this, but, but there is a plea. And, and he says, Lord, if you will make me clean. He didn't say, Lord, if you can. He didn't say, you know, oh, I think you might be able to. No, he said, Lord, if you will make me clean. All right, so, so I want to stop right there because I, I can assure you, I can speak personally that I got needs, spiritually, emotional, you know, I, I, got, I got needs. Uh, I know as a, you know, to look at me, you're like, he's talking about, he's got emotional needs, whatever. That's, no, that's not really what I'm getting at, but I, I, I've got needs, all right? Uh, I'm a father, you know, I've got, I've got teenage kids. I got needs, all right? I got, uh, I got needs. But I wonder if sometimes we don't get caught up in the wording of the question. Me and Chad were talking a couple weeks ago about, about some, an individual that we know, and, and they went through a time in their life to where it just seemed like every time you turned around, it was a tragedy. And we're like, man, they, they deserve better than that. They deserve better than that. And, and I remember at the time just going, really? I mean, why? Because they, these are good people, and, and just tragedy after tragedy after tragedy. Why? When these are bad people over here, and Oh, everything's all nice and neat and wrapped up and why? It doesn't make sense. Until you look at it from the perspective of this leper coming in with the perspective of who he is and who God is. Jesus, in another gospel, Jesus heals a man born blind. And just a little side note, that's, that's actually the text of the in there, and I love it because it's Jesus focusing on the man first, then the issue. I, I just love the way that that's worded. But the, he heals, before he heals them, the disciples ask him, Master, which one sinned, his father's, or him or his parents? Why is he blind? Because of his father's sins or his sins? And Jesus says, neither is for the glory of God. It's, it's so the glory of God can be shown. So this leopard comes into the situation, and he's not saying, God, why am I blind? Why, why am I, why, or why am I a leper? Why am I a leper? He's saying, why? He's saying, if you can, heal me. He's got the right perspective. And I wonder sometimes if we get into our situations and we go, this person's got everything together, and I don't. It's not fair. You know, uh, when, when you get into that, and we, we've got these little devices that we carry and, and that we, that we, look on social media and we see everybody else's perfect little little life that they've got going on. And, and, and I can tell you from example, when you try to take that family photo that, that's perfect on there, it takes about two hours to get. I can tell you, it, this has nothing to do with it, but it brought it up. When, when my kids were younger, we were in Daytona and, and we did a, a Fourth of July photo every year. And you know, my daughters are pretty close in age, and they had the same outfit to wear. Natalie was having nothing to do with it. 
I mean, absolutely nothing to do with it. I think she got like three whoopings over this thing before we got the photo taken. And in the photo, she's just bawling, just mad, you know. So, so I can tell you from example, eh, it's not always about the photo. It's not about what it takes to go into the photo. But we, but we focus on the wrong thing. We, we don't look at it as, if you will, we look at it as, God, why aren't you? Our perspective's off. We kind of we miss the boat just a hair when it comes to that question. So, so the, we go into this. So, so we've got the need and we've got the plea that we see here. How many of us are holding on to our, our needs and our pleas and not asking the right question? We're not, we're not saying, God, I need help in this. I can't do this. Could, could the leper heal himself? Absolutely not. I need help in this specific situation. Guilty. All right? As you, you know, parents of any age kids, you know, we don't always get it right. We try, but there are some days we, we miss it big time. And a lot of times that's due to perspective. Um, so, 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 so I'm actually going to stop right now, and I'm going to pray. Because I know that there are needs Right? Now, now, when I say this, I am not a name it, claim it. I'm not telling you that once you walk out of here, after this prayer, I'm not saying that it's going away. All right? but, I, but I'm praying that our perspectives about it will be changed. And I'm praying that we will see things the way that Jesus sees them and the way that God sees them, and it tunes us with, them, with him. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time, God, and I thank you for this this opportunity. And God, first and foremost, you know I have needs. You know that I have, I have things in, in, in my life that, that need to be worked on. God, you know that there are days that I struggle, and you know that, that, that there are days that the only way I get through is you. God, I pray that you will, you will, Allow me to gain your perspective in all scenarios. God, I pray that the next time a challenging situation arises that I'm able to take a deep breath and realize that you are in control. And God, I pray that if anyone in this room has, has issues, that they can do the same. Because ultimately, having your perspective will change ours. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So, so we, we, see the, we see the need, we see the plea, and Jesus comes out and we see this miracle. And he stretched his hands out and he touched him and he's saying, I'm willing to be cleansed. And immediately the leprosy left him. So we don't know how long this guy has been a leper. We don't know how long he's been outcast. But Jesus touches him. So that's the first touch he's had in a while. All right? And I can imagine that the, 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 the people around went, what's he doing? He's touching. Tradition was that you were to carry rocks in your pocket. And if a le- leper came towards you, you threw them at him. Because you didn't want to get anywhere near a leper. All right? so, so Jesus actually... Let's him run up to him, 
talks to him, and then reaches out and touches him. And the leprosy has gone. All right, so, so we see that miracle happen. All right, and, and then Jesus, Jesus says, a- after the miracle, Jesus basically has him do the uh, restoration, which is what he has to do with the priest now. So, so he tells him, he says, Go tell no one, but show yourself to the priest and make the offering for your cleansing, just as Moses commanded for you, for a testimony to them. So what he has to do is he has to go to the priest. They, they do a ceremony. They shave. He, he baptizes them. He goes away for a week. He comes back. They do the process again. He comes back. And at that point, the priest would say, he's clean. He, he's, there's no leprosy here. Or, nope, you're going back. So, so the, the interesting thing here to me is that so the priest is the, the top of the food chain at the time in, in the religious world, and all he can do is announce that he's clean. All right? What did Jesus do? Jesus actually cleaned him. Jesus actually healed him, took it away. Jesus did what the priest couldn't. All right? And, and so, so that's that... We see Jesus, these next two verses are two that, that I've wrestled with. Um, makes a lot of sense from a worldly perspective, from a human's perspective. But when you think of Jesus, you, you don't want to necessarily think like this because you're going, wait a minute, huh? And, and, and it's here. But now, even more, the report about him went abroad. And great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed in their infirmities. But he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. So I read that and I'm like, so, so he pours out, he pours out, he pours out. There's times he's just got nothing more to pour out. He, he's got to, to, to get away. He's got to go, go, go fill up again, if you will. All right? And, and, and I, I see that and I'm like, man... If Jesus has to do that, yeah, I know. I know everyone's going to finish the sentence, you know. Yeah, we should too. Do we? I'm guilty. No, not always. I've been, I've been in ministry before, and, and, and your focus has been on ministry so much that, that the relationship gets, gets dropped. Um, that, you, you got to, is ministry a bad thing? No. But when... But when you start focusing everything on the ministry and, and you're not having that relationship, you're not, you know, it says in here, he would withdraw. It doesn't say he did. It said he would. So this isn't like a one-time thing. Right? This is, he would withdraw. So this was an ongoing thing. So he was going to fill up, come back, fill up, come back. You know, you see it in churches where a person will get involved in a ministry. And that ministry becomes everything to them. And I've seen people that just burn out. And, and, and next thing you know, they're, they're gone. And that was their ministry. That, that's what they put everything on. You see it from the pulpit. You, you see pastors, I mean, time and time again, that everything's in their ministry. And they forget about this. And then next thing you know, you hear Hear, hear a scandal or hear something because the relationship's not being taken care of. 
So I think it's important to see that if Jesus is doing this, we, we should probably take the time to, okay, all right, I'm, I'm a little overwhelmed. I'm not saying Jesus is overwhelmed. I'm talking about me. A little, little overwhelmed here. I need to withdraw myself. Um, you know, at this point, Jesus' his, his reputation is his reputation's growing. You know, you're starting to, his ministry's starting to take off. You're, you're starting to, you know, see some miracles. You're starting to see crowds, you know. So, so that, that's what's going on here. And, and he's just got to keep his relationship intact. He's got to pull off. He's got to pray. He's got to be fueled up. And I think we can learn a lot from those two verses. Now we're going to move to the paralytic man, and that's in Luke 17. I'm sorry, Luke 5, 17. On one of those days when he was teaching, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was on him to heal. And behold, some men were bringing a, a bed, a man who was paralyzed, and they were seeking to bring him and lay him before Jesus. But finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up to the roof. They let him down through the roof, uh, through the tiles in the midst, and laid him before Jesus. So we're going we're to look at the, the context here. All right? We're looking at the players, if you will. All right? so, so you've obviously got, you've obviously got Jesus. All right? His, his ministry is growing. People were coming from around the Pharisees, the 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 teachers of the law. They're, they're getting in that Pharisees and teachers of the law. I'm going to kind of just wrap up. I'm calling church people, you know, because they're the they're the ones that know. All right, so they're they're coming. They're wanting to hear. They're wanting to see what, what's what's going on here. And you've got these men that are bringing their friend who is paralyzed on a mat. And the reason I'm calling the Pharisees the church people in this, there's a man with a need, and the Pharisees and the law teachers of the law won't let him to Jesus. They can't, get, they can't let him get in. You know, I, th- I think this goes back to what I talked about with the disciples asking Jesus about who sinned, who sinned the man or his father or his parents because they're looking oh he, he he's he's below us he doesn't need to be here I, I think and and in doing so while while it's custom to throw rocks at a leper to keep them away i think the pharisees here are throwing judgment rocks if you will and and i wonder i mean i'm not saying this has ever happened at oasis but I know I've been a part of churches where someone walks in the door and you're like, ooh, he don't look the part. Ooh, man, I, I went to school with him. That is a rough dude, you know, or, or he's got a tattoo. Can't, can't let him in here. I heard his music coming in the, in, in the drive. He can't come in here. And, and I wonder if... We wouldn't just as soon be hit with a physical rock than, than, a, than a judgment rock like that. Now, I'm saying physical rock, okay? I mean, 
You get a physical rock, and I'll, I'll take the, the judgment all day long, but I'm talking physical rock. Um, but, but I wonder how, how often that happens. And, and I wonder if that's the, the context that we're looking at there, because I think it is. So, so they, okay, they can't get to Jesus. So these men, and in my mind, I got it four men. I, there's no text that says that, but I imagine each corner's got a, got a person on it, and they're holding him. So they take him to the roof, and they drop him down. Now, I don't know if anybody else's mind works like mine, but I'm going, I think it's just as much a miracle that they got a paralegic man on a mat to the roof. All right, because you go, how do you do that? I mean, you can't lay it side. You can't. Yeah, it's, nonetheless, they get it there and they drop it down. So here's, here's a trail I'm going to trace for a second. Do you have people in your life that will drop anything for you and, and, and come and help? Because this man did, all right? All right? Leper was alone, all right? But this man had... Again, I'm going four because there's four corners. Um, he had men that would drop everything to get him to Jesus. Right? Uh, I'm actually, me and, me and Candy were talking about this last night. Um, I'm actually lucky enough to think that I've got four or five that would. Uh, that would be the last call. But, you know, he, I'm like, hey, yeah, he, he might, you know. But, and, and I've been lucky enough over the years to actually have to Make that phone call. Hey, hey, brother, I need your help. You know, and they've come running. All right? and, and that's that's the, I think that's the takeaway from those four guys. You know, that, that, that they were there and, and they were willing to take him and do whatever it took to get him to Jesus. So they drop him to Jesus. And, and, and we, see, we see this right here. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said, man, your sins are forgiven. So that's the claim, okay? That's, that's the claim that Jesus just made. He said, your sins are forgiven, all right? And at this point, I think we're starting to see some of the Pharisees and the, and we'll get into the text where it kind of shows that, but they're going, say what? This man just said, your sins are forgiven. They're still not quite understanding who Jesus is. You know, he, he's, doing, he's doing miracles, he's doing signs, there, there's things that are happening. They're not quite putting it all together. And, and if you look in verse 12 here, or 21, I'm sorry, you see, and the scribes and the Pharisees begin to question, who is this man that speaks blasphemy? Yeah, he said what now? Did, did I, these, these houses, if you will, about 800 square feet is what they, they say. This, this would have been like in Capernaum, and they, they found ruins. It's like 800 square feet. And, and people were probably shoulder to shoulder because he can't get in there. And, you know, the guy in the back going, did he just say what I think he said? You know, he, he, he's forgiven that guy's sins. And it's, who can forgive sins but God? And Jesus perceived their thoughts, and he answered them. Because not everybody said everything out loud. Can you imagine being in an argument with somebody that could read your mind, you know, that could, could read your thoughts? Me and Candy were talking about this, you know, and, you know, you're in an argument with your spouse and you're, you know, you're saying something and, 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 and you're thinking something, you know, that thing that you're thinking but you're not going to say, you know, oh, I don't need that. And, oh, yeah, you said, oh, yeah, that's what you think? 
you know. And, and that's what Jesus does here. He says, why do you question in your hearts, which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, rise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man is authority on earth to forgive sins. Chad's talked about authority uh, a couple weeks ago. Now, we're still authority. We're showing authority to forgive sins. Uh, and he said to them, to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, rise up, pack your bed, and go home. And he immediately rose up and packed them up, what he had been laying on, and went home to glorify God. Glorifying God. And amazement seized them all, and they glorified God, and were filled at all, saying, we have seen extraordinary things today. So this wasn't the day that it bust, Okay. This, what, th- this day, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law actually walked away kind of getting it a little bit because, man, we saw amazing things today. They didn't, they didn't hang on that. Who's, who's forgiven sins again? They, they kind of they understood it just a little bit. And, and they walked away, and they kind of got the point. All right. So in looking at the leper and the paralyzed man, I see one major connection. I said there's stuff that they have in common. There's stuff that they, they differ in. But one major connection. You know absolutely nothing about them before they met Jesus. All right? Know nothing about them. Um, I'm going to teach you all a phrase today. And... Uh, I'm going to say it, and, and, and half of y'all are going to look at me like i got a third eye. But before we leave today, you guys are going to know this, all right? Nothing much matters, but what matters, matters mighty much. All right? All right? So, so I'm going to say it again. Nothing much matters, but what matters, matters mighty much. All right? So repeat after me. Nothing much matters, but what matters matters mighty much. Let's do it again. Nothing much matters, but what matters matters mighty much. And all together, nothing much matters, but what matters matters mighty much. I had a youth pastor, uh, Bill Touchton, and, and I've often said that when I get to heaven, there's going to be Jesus, Paul, and, and Brother Bill. All right, that, that's, the, that's the order that, that, that's there. Um, I, um, when I met Brother Bill, um, we were not going to the church at the time. Uh, I got on a school bus to go home one day, and kid two houses down, same age. I looked at him, and I said he'd, he'd been saying a bunch of junk about me, spreading stuff. That, and I said, we get off this bus, I'm going to kick your butt. And he proceeded to get off the bus at school and call his mom and get her ride home. Okay? So the next day, he gets on the bus. Hey, nothing changed. We get off this bus. Me and you, we're going to do this. So we, we get about a, one stop away from our bus stop, and, and a guy goes and sits beside him so he can't run off and take off running. So I get off the bus, and I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm like, this is going down. The, everybody gets off the bus, except for this kid, and the bus takes off. And I'm like, okay. So, 
I'm much younger and, and in a little bit better shape, so I decide I'm going to run to the next bus stop. So I run down to the next bus stop. In between the bus stops is a church. All right. So, so he gets off the bus, and, and I do. I, I tag him up a couple times. I, you know, not my proudest moments, but, um, but next thing I know, there's a couple men that are, hey, y'all break it up, y'all break it up. So we're breaking up, and I'm, I'm walking back to the house and not really paying attention to what's going on. Well, that night just happened to be open house at school. All right? And I'm, I'm sitting in, in the class, and all the parents kind of sit behind, students sit in their desk, and all of a sudden, it's, I get this tap on the shoulder. I turn around, and, and there's Brother Bill, and massive hands, but he, uh, he goes, I'd have probably hit him too. I'm like, okay. Shortly thereafter, we started going to, to that church, and um, when I was in Bible college, his daughter went to, uh, went to the Bible college with us, and he would come and preach revivals. And uh, if he was within an hour of the college, I was going to it. Um, so, and every time I would go, I bet I went to a, a dozen of them at least. Um, every time I'd go, he would do an introduction because there'd be four or five kids. You know, I say kid, we're college students, but it'd be four or five college students that were there just because of their relationship with Brother Bill. And every time he got to me, he would go. <laughs> when I met him, He was beating up some kid. And he would go, but he loves Jesus now. And I go back to nothing much matters, but what matters, matters mighty much. What was important for the leper to get to Jesus? What was important for the, the um, uh, paralegic and his friends to get to Jesus? All right. What, what's important for us to get to Jesus and have that relationship with Jesus? I, um, Brother Bill beat that, hey, that relationship. What's your relationship with Jesus like? And, and I, there for about two years, spiritually, I'm where I'm at because of those two years. I firmly believe that because of the, 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 the influence he had on my life. But, but here's the question. How is your relationship with Jesus? Let me rephrase that. Do you have a relationship with Jesus? Because there's two answers. There's a yes and a no. If it's yes, you can, you can look at it and go, how is it? It's still important that you have it, and that's the main thing. You can always, is my relationship with Jesus perfect? Absolutely not, because I'm human and I'm flawed. But I have that relationship. If it's no, here, here's the, the question. What's stopping you from having that relationship with Jesus? Because ultimately, that's what matters, is your relationship with Jesus. That, that, that paralegic man, what mattered to him and his friends was getting him to Jesus. That leper, what mattered to the leper was to get to Jesus. Did he know that he was going to be healed? He said, if you can, if you will, I'm sorry, if you will heal me. Because he knew he could. All right? And, and that's where we're at today. All right? Do you have a relationship with Christ? If you do, what can you do to make it better? Look for those friends. Be those friends that would drop something to, to go help. All right? Don't be the ones that are, that are throwing those judgmental stones. 
and I would, I would say that in a, there's a high likelihood that there's someone here that doesn't have a relationship. And, and it is our prayer at Oasis that you would not leave here without that relationship because that is the most important thing in your life. Right, so I'm going to go ahead and pray. Dearly Father, Lord, I thank you for this day, God. I thank you for this time that you've given us to, to, to break down your word, God. God, I pray that, you've, that you will allow us to, to really break down that question about our relationship with you. God, we all know that we can always have a stronger relationship with you. But God, I, I pray that pray for the person that's in here that, that may not have a relationship with you. God, I pray that before the day ends that they would talk to somebody and, and just, just ask them, hey, how do I have a relationship? What does it mean? I, I've, I've been curious about this, but, but what does it mean? And God, I just pray that, pray that you'd give them the courage and the boldness to, to make that conversation. God, I pray that you'd be with, with all of us that have needs, that, that don't always know how to ask for help. God, I just pray that you'll just show us that, that, that you are there for us. The, the situation might not be fixed today. Just, just change our perspective. God, I thank you for all of this. In Jesus' name.